the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome, everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host for today, and I'll be with you today and Tuesday and Wednesday in this Christmas week. I love Christmas week. It's a busy week. It's a busy week for uh, pastors like myself, busy week for a lot of people if you're out there shopping or doing your thing, whatever. I'm a Christmas Eve shopper. That's what I do. I, I wait. I, I helped my kids do their shopping, and and uh, we did stuff for mom, and I did, had them do stuff for themselves. And uh, do you do that? You know, there's a there's a toy store out there that sells kind of older stuff, stuff even I grew up with. And I don't know if I should mention the name of that toy store. It's a chain, but I think it's owned by a guy named Geppetto. And if you go in there, you'll find stuff that was maybe you had if you grew up in the 70s, 80s, or 90s. It's amazing. In fact, uh, my 12-year-old James, he bought something for his 9-year-old brother, John. Uh, I'm not going to say what it is because they might be listening right now. But, you know, I want that gift. Maybe I'll get John something else, and I'll just take that. That looks fun to me. Anyway, there's a whole lot of stuff going on this week, and uh, we've been talking about Christmas time and things to do here in the program. You can give me a call at any time, 888-LA-TALKS, L eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. I would love to hear from you in this, <clears throat> in this hour. Excuse me. In this hour, we're going to talk a little bit about the news and some things going on. And uh, we're really going to ask this question, how do you stand firm in your convictions when the world is telling you just to follow them? Or when maybe it's the world, or maybe it's somebody you work for, or maybe it's a politician or authority figure or somebody that you know, and you have a different conviction. Or maybe here's another question for you. You ready? How do you know if you need to change your conviction? One of the things that's happening today is we just sort of dig in our heels to whatever our opinion is about something, and we don't listen. And, you know somebody's wrong about things. We're all wrong from time to time. And we seem to have lost the the care about that. I don't think we care about wrong or right in, you know, what's really true sometimes as a culture. I think we care about winning and losing regardless of what might be uh, true. So we're going to talk about that and some things going on in the news specifically. Um, we're going to drive that from the things in the news with uh, Senator Manchin today and some of the things that he had to say. And I think there's some lessons that we can learn from that in how we interact with each other um, in our workplace or in our homes, in our churches, or just with other people. So we'll talk about that here in just a moment. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. In the first hour also, we had John Cass from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Organization. And uh, I wanted to just give you a couple of websites that he recommended because I got a couple of corrections uh, for them. If you wanted to participate, if you listened, he was talking about their online ministries that they're now doing at the Billy Graham organization, uh, which is pretty cool, some of the things that uh, that is happening. And today at 5 o'clock our time, 5 o'clock Pacific time, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, is a live Christmas show with Will Graham, who's Billy Graham's nephew, or nephew, I'm sorry, uh, grandson, and Franklin Graham's son, and he now is leading the evangelistic part of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. He does the, they don't call them crusades anymore, they call them celebrations, and they're having an online celebration today. You can go to billygram.org and click on the link for that and check it out. 
Um, and they wanted me to let you know that the, the Spanish broadcast, if you speak Spanish or you know somebody who does and you want to recommend that, the website is es.billygram.org uh, slash Navidad2021. Okay, es.billygram.org slash Navidad2021. That is the website. There's also a uh, American Sign Language one. That's on their Facebook page, facebook.com, ASL by the light, if you go to your Facebook, if you're interested in that. Um, you should be able to find links to most of that at billygram.org. All right, just wanted to update you with that. Uh, lots of other things happening today um, in the news. Um, I want to draw your attention to um, a a typhoon that's happened in the Philippines, Typhoon Ray in the Philippines, and uh, about 375 people have been killed with that. All right, 50 are still missing. And we tend to focus a lot on those things when they hit our country, but uh, they hit around the world, and this one is is pretty bad for our, our friends, and we have brothers and sisters in in Christ in the Philippines, great ministry in the Philippines. Philippines this year is celebrating, I think, their 500th anniversary of the gospel being brought to the Philippines. Did you know that? Um, kind of an interesting thing. Uh, by the way, typhoon is the same thing as a hurricane, which is the same thing as a cyclone. They just all happen in different oceans, and that's how they get their names. So if it's above the North Atlantic, Central North Pacific, or Eastern North Pacific Oceans, uh, we call it a hurricane. But if it hovers over the Northwest Pacific Ocean near East Asia, we call it a typhoon. And if it's circling anywhere else in the in the world, we call it a tropical cyclone. So there you go. You've got some information uh, for you there. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I want to take a call that's been holding on for a long time. So Dora from Downey, welcome to our program. Dora, thanks for holding for so long. Yes. Dora, what you got on your mind? Welcome. Well, like I, I was saying earlier, like the atheists and the agnostics, uh, they, don't, they don't recognize the Trinity but yet again, they don't mind spending that wonderful greenback dollar that says in God we trust. Well, if you're an atheist, that's about all you got, right? You have that, and you have uh, whatever scientific information, that's your only hope. That's true. Yeah. If possible, I would like prayer. Yeah, how can I pray for you? Okay, well, under my left armpit, it feels like I've been kicked with a steel-toed boot. And it hurts so bad, and down my left side a bit, and up my my arm, down my arm on my left side. I've got a doctor's appointment tomorrow at one. Okay. I just don't know what. How long have you How long have you felt that pain? Uh, I think about this past week. I've noticed it. Just about the the past week. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah, I'll definitely pray for you, Dora. Dora, do you have uh, Do you have health care, health insurance? Yes, I have uh, Medicare, Medi-Cal. Okay. Do you know if your health... Kaiser, yeah. You, you said Kaiser? Uh-huh, and Medicare, Medi-Cal. You know what I think you should do is uh, just my advice, and I'm not a doctor, okay, but the way I would advise you to is when we get off the call here, I'll pray for you, is call your doctor's office or see if Kaiser has a nurse that you can call. Sometimes they have a 24-hour nurse you know, for their patients and tell them what you just told me about the pain in your armpit in the left side, you know, they might want you to come in and get that checked out. I would go in. Uh, left side pain. Well, I've got an appointment set up for tomorrow, one o'clock. Yeah, I'm just saying, uh, you know, we'll pray about it, and then when we get off the phone, you know, you want to do as the Lord leads, but maybe you don't want to wait. Maybe you just go in uh, today to urgent care and see what they have to say, okay? Because that kind of pain, it can be just something that 
they're going to give you a pill for and you maybe you have a muscle cramp or a spasm but it can I also be I don't have any money but that's possible. Um you know, yeah, just just get that checked out, okay? Don't worry about the money, okay? I pray that the Lord, we'll pray that the Lord takes care of that too, okay? They'll see you, okay, with this kind of thing. Okay. Can I pray for you here uh, real quick, Dora? Oh, please do. Yeah. Uh, God, I thank you for Dora. I thank you, Lord, that she trusts in you. I pray, Lord, that she would have just full understanding of your grace and your love for her through Jesus Christ, that this Christmas season would reveal that you'd reveal yourself to her even in ways that uh, in her life she's never known, that she would draw closer to you, that you would have people who speak into her life too, that to build her up. God, I pray it now for her pain. I pray that you would heal her, that you would take away this pain. And God, that you would give her wisdom now as she considers whether or not to go to the doctor today or just wait for her appointment today. God, I pray that you would make it clear after we get off this phone call what she should do. I pray that you would, uh, we ask the Lord for wisdom. Your word tells us that if we ask for wisdom, you will give it. So right now I pray that you give Dora wisdom with what to do for her health. I pray that you would take away her, her worry about whether or not she can afford the trip. I pray, Lord, that you would cover it, that you would find a way to just pay for that and that she wouldn't worry about that. Uh, we know, Lord, that you can do that, and we trust you for that. I pray that you give uh, Dora uh, awareness of your presence and your love for her. As she makes this decision, I pray that you take away the pain. God, we thank you for Dora in her call today. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, Dora, I want you to make a decision. I want you to make a decision about that. Did you say you have a son? Yes. Uh, Can you call your son and just tell him what you told me, and maybe uh, he can help you with that decision, okay? But I think, you know, pain on our left side, we shouldn't mess around with that. Yeah, I know it. I know yeah. it's my heart. A cardiologist, uh, what are you talking about? Cardiologist was here right. within the last two weeks and checked people's unassisted living, so they checked the people's heart. Oh, you've got, you have, do you have nurses uh, right in your building? No. Okay. They did come, they came around. Yeah. Had a cardiologist, and he checked people for if they would might have blood clots or any heart problems, and he yeah. said, I didn't, so I don't know. Okay. Well, I don't mean to scare you with okay. that. It's just one of those things that you call me, and that's the advice I'm going to give you is don't, you know. Absolutely. Be, God bless be you. God bless KKLA. All right. Thank you, Dora, for calling. We love you. All right. Uh, you know, there are so many reasons why uh, we're here together. And uh, so if you're listening, uh, you know, just say a prayer right now for Dora and uh, and her son and anybody uh, uh, who uh, – might come to mind there that uh, the right thing will happen. And Dora, if you're still listening, you know what? I'll be here the next two days. Give me a call back. Let me know uh, after your doctor's appointment uh, how you're doing, what they say. We'd love to have that follow-up with you. All right. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host for today. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. You know, when we go through the news and we see so much going on, and we're going to talk about it here you know, maybe this hour. We'll see what the Lord does, you know, what he brings up in our conversation. Sometimes you you just, you have to let him have that. But one of the things that is so important is that we realize that our relationships with one another, our ability as the church, Jesus's church, I don't mean just your congregation, but the Jesus's church. When he looks down at Southern California and all the people listening to the show, 
you know, how many people representing how many churches are listening to this show? Well, there's hundreds, maybe thousands listening right now uh, who represent different churches. But when Jesus looks down, you know, we're all part of the same church. There's one, one church. And so we want to pray for each other and build each other up. And, you know, we have an opportunity in our world today to really be a light in a dark time. And it's a scary time. I was talking about the typhoon that's going on in the Philippines and uh, all of that. And one of the big stories in the news, just a lot of conflict going on in Washington over um, the Build Back Better plan, the president's plan. Uh, It's a big spending plan, okay? And uh, it looks like the the spending plan has all kinds of things in it, a lot of social programs, a whole lot of different things for infrastructure and other stuff, but it's also a whole lot of money. And they keep changing. Depending on who you talk to, it's a different amount of money, right? So it's either $2 trillion or $3 trillion or $1.5 trillion. Um, the president has even said it's going to cost zero, which, you know, everything costs something. Um, obviously it's not zero, but the big story in the news today, one of them other than the Omicron stuff, which we'll talk about that as well. I think when you talk about the new variant, you have to say it menacing in this way. Omicron sounds like a movie, you know, bad guy in a transformer movie. Omicron is coming to get us. Uh, Joe Manchin, the Senator from West Virginia, They call him President Joe Manchin kind of sarcastically because he's the one Democrat who really is the one standing in the way of certain agenda items coming through. This happens, you know, off and on at different times. The Republicans have been in this position before and the Democrats are in it now. This is what happens when you have a 50-50 Senate, you know, one person voting against the agenda of whoever is uh, leading can really change the impact of the country. So he gets teased Teased is a nice word, I think, maybe politically, but they call him President Joe Manchin. I think it's funny, uh, but uh, actually he's one of two senators from West Virginia, and the way our system works is he's only one of 51 senators, actually, or 51 senators voting against Build, build Back Better, all right, and maybe a 52nd. Nobody's sure what Kristen Cinema is going to do from Arizona one way or the other. But here's what I wanted to, to deal with today is not so much the the specifics of this, but the things that Joe Manchin is saying about um, how he is being treated after saying no. You know, his job is not to just go along with his party or his president. Um, his job is to represent the people of West Virginia. That's his job. And I think even in a greater sense, certainly he has a role in representing all of us because he is in the Senate, but his primary role is the people in West Virginia. And so he's rejecting the the plan and But one of the things he's saying is this. He's saying that he is not being treated well. He said, quote, I just got to wit's end, saying that the White House staff, quote, drove some things and they put some things out there that were absolutely inexcusable. They know what it is. The bottom line is that we could not change and it was never going to change. And what he's saying is that he's not being treated well by – by people in Washington. There's a lot of inside baseball and we don't know what all of that means. And unless you're in the room, you don't know for sure. He's not saying specifically. Um, but what he's saying is that there's a whole lot of pressure that is being put on him to vote a certain way, even though it's against his convictions. Have you ever had that pressure on you to just go with the flow that it might be against your convictions? And maybe it's something political. Maybe it's something just in your, your workplace. Maybe it's something that has happened even in your your church before. What are the ways that we deal with that? You know, when you think when you think about this, it's a hard position that he's in. He says he describes this about himself. He says, "I'm not a Washington Democrat. 
He says, I'm fiscally responsible and socially compassionate. He said, now, if there are no Democrats like that, they ought to push me where they want to be. He's getting frustrated, and you can feel that. And there are people on the right and left who are feeling this way about their own party uh, for various reasons. How do we make sure? I guess the point I'm trying to make is this, is that he might be driven away from even being a Democrat. He might be driven away from the party. That's what it sounds like to me, not because of a disagreement in policy, but because of the way he's being treated. It matters so greatly how we treat one another, especially when we have disagreements. There is so much tension even in other areas right now with in our, our city and in our state now with the mask mandate and different things going on, even in the church. You know, does your church have policies that uh, you think are, are difficult to follow? And one of the things that's hard is people have different convictions about it one way or the other. Everybody should wear a mask. Nobody should wear a mask. Everybody should get vaccinated. Nobody should get vaccinated or people in between. What do you think? 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. What do you think about what's going on with uh, Joe Manchin? And how is it that we should respond to this in our, our world today? I want to talk about that for a little bit, so you can go ahead and give me a call. You know, one of the things that Jesus teaches us, and it's something that is really, really hard to do, but it's a principle that matters, and it matters even in our politics, is to take the log out of our own eye, to really examine where we're coming from first. Uh, That's hard. That's hard to do. Do you ever do that, especially when you have a conviction about something? especially when you really feel, no, I'm right, this is the way it is, and uh, you're not just harming yourself, you're harming the country, you're harming your, your friends, or you're harming other people. How do you deal with this? Jesus in Matthew 7, he says, take the log out of your own eye so that you can see clearly enough to remove the speck out of another's. Let me ask, let me tell you this. Imagine what would happen if we really did that. Imagine if we did that, not only personally in our interpersonal relationships, but imagine if Republicans and Democrats spent some time taking the log out of their own eye right now. A great concern that I have is that for, I think, legitimate reasons, people don't know who to believe. And you might find yourself on a different place than some of the people politically. You might disagree or agree with President Biden on what needs to happen. You might agree or disagree with uh, former President Trump, who got booed when he announced to an audience in Dallas yesterday that he got the booster shot. And a few people, the the news, they put these headlines out. You have to be really careful. The headline on the Drudge Report today says President Trump gets booed for uh, talking about the booster. If you watch it, there are a couple of boos, but really there's not that many. But there's definitely some people who disagree. How do we get back to a place where as a culture, and in particular, how do we as believers make sure that we are able to speak the truth or be able to change if our, we are convinced that we're no longer speaking the truth or, or what we thought was true, we now have evidence that it isn't? Do you feel like in some of the issues of the day that you can't really change your opinion because you've stated it so harshly or so strongly somewhere else that you feel like it's going to be embarrassing? to change your mind? Or do you feel like you're bullied maybe into having a certain opinion, but deep down uh, you don't really have uh, that conviction? How do we get past that? That's something I want to talk about today. And I think when we take a look at the Joe Manchin situation, 
we're seeing somebody who is being pressured and bullied, and this happens on both sides, okay? It isn't just the, something that's happening. It's happening right now with the Democrats, but it's happened before with the Republicans in the same way in different times. We saw that a lot with uh, President Trump and some people agreeing with his approach to things and other people not agreeing. People feel very pressured. How do we as Christians escape that and be a light so that truth can escape, so that truth can be seen? We need to know the truth. We need to know what's true about Omicron. We need to have a really good understanding about government spending and where that's going, because I'll tell you what, it concerns me. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Give me a call and let me know what is on your mind with that. This is the Southern California Live show. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host for today. I'll be back in just a couple of moments to take your calls. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host today. It's so great to be with you. And you can give us a call at 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And we are talking about this question. How do you stand firm in your convictions while the world is telling you to just follow them? Or maybe it's somebody else who is telling you that you should just follow them, just trust me, those kinds of things that somehow get said, where, especially where there's p- pressure you know, political pressure or, you know, internal pressure of some kind, but you have a conviction that's different. And in the same vein, sometimes our convictions are wrong, right? Sometimes we need to change our conviction. How do we know how to do that? What if the other person is actually right and you should trust them? That's another question. What's driving this is today in the news, uh, West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin is rejecting President Biden's Build Back Better And he's doing that. The primary reason he's doing that is because of the cost of it, okay? The cost is just more trillions of dollars. We're approaching $30 trillion in debt as a nation. And just to put that into some perspective for you, if you were to spend $39 million a day, $39 million every day, think about that for a minute, $39 million every single day, would you even know what to buy with that? How would you do that? Imagine if you could spend $39 million every single day. And now imagine if you've spent $39 million every day since the first Christmas. $39 million a day since the birth of Jesus Christ, some 2021-ish years ago. If you had done that, if you've spent $39 million every single day until today from the birth of Christ, you still will not have spent the national debt. That's how much debt we have. So some people like Senator Manchin and some others are saying, we got to stop spending money. We got this. There's some good things in there that we need to do. Maybe there's some good ideas that need to be debated in committee and other stuff, but we can't just keep spending the money. That's the thing. Are you overwhelmed by that statistic? Let me tell you something. I try to give that statistic a lot because I think it's just, it matters. Every single time I'm going to put that out there in a show, I sit down and recalculate and recalculate and recalculate because it's so hard to believe. But I I did it again today many times. And the only thing that changed was I used to say $38 million a day, but now it's actually 39. It's almost $40 million a day since the birth of Christ. That's the national debt. So it's okay, I think, to have some conviction about spending money we don't have. 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557. We'll go to the phone. Sean from Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for holding. Hey, Scott. How you doing today? I'm good, Sean. What's on your mind today? 
Hey, so just so you know, I'm driving through the canyon, so if I if I get cut off, I apologize. Okay, um, well, don't don't get in a wreck. No, 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 no. So it's amazing to me, you know, you're talking about the whole, you know, the, how many trillions of debt our nation is in. So we're basically living off of monopoly money. We just keep printing up money when there's nothing to back it up, not enough gold, not enough whatever it is that is going to offset the money that we're spending that we don't even have. You know what I mean? But yeah. individually, there's there's people that are wealthy individually. And it's just insane how people don't grasp the whole national debt. Like, like we're supposed to be the leaders of the free world. And if you just look at it on the scale of, like, money-wise, like, what, what are we worth as a nation? And we're supposed to be the leaders, the leading superpower, but those days are over now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you got China, you got Russia, you got uh, the the countries in the Middle East who are all together, you know, on some level, you know, because of all the oil, you know, the surplus that they have with the oil. And it, it's mind-blowing to me how, how people, I think a lot of people are, like, basically just numb to it because they've heard so much, they've seen so much, you know, and obviously with the whole situation with the pandemic and whether or not you should get vaccinated, you know, like I told the guy who, who I called in with before, you know, I got on with you right now, it's like, it'd be one thing if the church was just battling one thing. We know we're in a spiritual battle right now. Um, and it's a, and it's a, and it's a, it's a spiritual battle for souls. And most yeah. people don't want to acknowledge that. They don't want to, you know, think about, you know, things on those terms. We look at things from a biblical point of view, not a worldly point of view. And that's how most people in the world look at it. So when they hear us talking the way we do, they think we're like, like from another, like outer space or whatever, you know? So like, when you try to sell that point to unbelievers, you know, you go straight to the Bible, you know, because the Bible is, is, is the be-all, end-all. No matter what anybody wants to say, you've got to go to the Word of God. God's Word is the only truth in this world. And who is the Word? That's Jesus. But so many people reject Him, and we know why they reject Him. They reject Him because He, he commands us to repent. And that's a word that a lot of people don't like to discuss. You know, it's one thing. Repent means you got to change your ways. Right. And it's one thing to say that Jesus loves you. He loves all of us. That's why he was willing to die one of the most horrific deaths you could imagine so we could get reconciled back to the Father. But people don't grasp that. We have to repent. You can't just live like you're hanging out. Like I always say, um, uh, you're, you're over there at Disneyland or Chuck E. Cheese and we're having fun. Like, nah, like we got to take this serious. Jesus yeah. took us serious when he was hanging on that cross for us. We got to take our walk serious. And I think the biggest thing for the church that I see that what I see individually, we all shine the light of Christ. In us. But if we're, if we don't come united like sooner than later, yeah, we're just, we basically might as well just all lay under our beds and just wait for the Lord to return and be ineffective during these end times. But I feel if the church can get the leadership together, and there's some leaders I see that, are coming together. There's really good pastors out here. But I'm talking about the body of Christ needs to say enough is enough. Let's get out into these streets. Let's love on these people, regardless of how they respond to it, and just love on them and tell them the truth. We have nothing to lose, so why not do it? You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. No, I think that you're right about that. Um, I think, uh, Sean, one of the things that uh, I'm bringing up is the passage about taking the log out of our own eye. And you brought up repentance, which is yeah. a big part of that, right? 
is that I think, you know, I think that the church is busy trying to point out all of the sins of the culture who doesn't really care. Yeah. What what are the things that you think we should repent of as believers, sort of collectively? What can we do better? Well, the thing that I see with us, we're, the only difference between us and the sinners of the world who haven't repented is we've repented, so we're forgiven. doesn't mean we have a, a license to go continue to live a sinful life and live in habitual sin, but yeah. we are going to sin. We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fall into sin at some point in your walk. And if you say you're not, you're lying to yourself, and God knows you're lying. So I just think we need to stop looking at the sins of the world and focus on... We already know that there's this, God, God's uh, cup of wrath has already been overflowing for many generations. So what I think we need to do is we need to look inward, us as the body of believers, and say, look, we need to come together. We need to stop calling out all these things in the world. This party's doing this. This party's not doing that. We're the problem, because we're the ones with the only hope in this world. So why not come together, put all our differences aside? We all struggle with something, right? Whether it's depression, uh, it could be lust, it could be whatever, anger. All believers are struggling with something. You know what I'm saying? And for me, it's like we need to put all that to the the wayside, so to speak, Scott, and literally come together. I'm imagining, because I live in L.A., I I go to Core Church, Pastor Steve Wilburn's my pastor. Yeah, and I'm making music for and I'm making music for the Lord, and it's end times inspired. And I believe that God is going to use this music to not only wake up the church, but to help the people who are so like just don't even want to step foot in a church, don't want to listen to a pastor preach to them. They'll listen to a song, and then when they listen to that song, it'll either convict them or it'll 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 shine a light on whatever situation they may be struggling with, and go, I like what how he presented his faith. He didn't just shove it down my throat. He said it in a way that was so loving that I couldn't resist what he was saying. Where does that guy go to church? Who's his pastor? And that's what we need for this lost generation that, to me personally, I'm talking about the people, like, who, like I don't know if you, I mean, you're, we're from different generations, but I'm just saying, like, the hip-hop culture is so huge. And I think the yep. church has dropped the ball, and we've neglected that part of society. If you can take people like me, who I know there's other believers like me who are using their gifts and talents to glorify God and reach the lost and broken, that's what we're supposed to do. God will bless that situation. If you use your gifts and talents to glorify God and try to help the people who you used to be like before you came to your saving faith, God will definitely put you in the position when he feels you're ready. And then that music or whatever that gift or talent you have can actually unite people and LA is a huge city and I'm just praying and I have I'm going to have a meeting with Pastor Steve you know the next month sometime I hope that when I meet with him he sees this vision that God's putting on my heart and I just yeah. want to see LA if I could see LA one of the biggest cities in our country come together and realize that the times we're in it's put up or shut up either we're all going to show the love of Christ or we're just going to lay down and just fold those, that's those, right. To me, the only two choices, Scott. I don't know how you feel, but that's hey. how I feel. Hey, thank you, Sean. I thank you very much for your call about that. Obviously, Sean, you know, has a whole lot of passion. You know what? Sean is right. And I think his pastor, his, uh, his conversation with the pastor is going to go well because I know pastor, his pastor has this vision also. That we as one church in Los Angeles, in Southern California, wherever you're listening in this greater area, 
when we can get past some of the things that just get in the way of our gospel presentation, when we can relationally realize that God has placed us here to reflect him, we can do a lot. It takes us some introspection, all right? It really does take us some time to realize, well, what should my strongest convictions be in? And my friends, if you are a believer, your strongest conviction, as passionately as you probably feel about things going on in our country and things going on with the coronavirus and all that stuff, has got to be that people come to see Jesus, and they're going to have to see it and hear about the gospel from people who are living it out. That's a big part of it. We'll continue this discussion here after the break. This is Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your guest host. The number is 888-LA-TALKS, 888-528-2557 if you want to join the discussion. I'll be back in just a minute. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody, to Southern California Live. I'm Scott Furrow, your host for this Christmas week here on KKLA. It's great to be guest hosting again with you. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And we've been talking about our convictions and our mission as a church and what we should do. Um, And the way we started this conversation was to talk about what's happening in Washington, D.C. with Joe Manchin rejecting the Build Back Better plan, but really the idea that in his rejection of it, how much pressure he's been under, and he's been revealing that, and some poor treatment, some politics, right? It's inside baseball. This this is part of that game, but it's not really a healthy part of the game, not a good part of the game. It's part of it. It's not really a game. It's serious. Like, it's our, our real life. And, you know, the way that we come across affects an awful lot about how we as believers are able to communicate the gospel. And here's something that I want to make clear, and this matters so greatly. And our caller in the last uh, segment, Sean, uh, he touched on this quite a bit. We have a temporary assignment as people who are followers of Jesus, you and me. And part of that assignment is to simply pass along the baton of truth. And it's not just the truth about Jesus, it's everything that is true that we know to be true. An interesting thing that a great conversation Jesus has with a politician, he doesn't engage politicians very much. He confounds religious leaders when he tells people to give unto Caesar what is Caesar. He engages more with the religious people, and he gets angry with the Pharisees who are more concerned about their own needs. Some of them, the Pharisees and Sadducees, they're all from different political persuasions, and they're protecting their own power and other things. And then he gives a lot of talks to just regular people like you and me, Sermon on the Mount, for example, of how we are to live. But he has this great conversation with Pilate, politician, when he's about to be crucified. And in John chapter 18, Jesus said, uh, um, when, when Pilate asks him this question, Um, Are you the king of the Jews? Well, Jesus has this great conversation. He says, is that your own idea or did others talk to you about me? And Pilate says, am I a Jew? You, your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? This is such a frank conversation. Do you ever have the opportunity to listen to like a recorded conversation of, of presidents that were in the Oval Office? I don't mean the Nixon tapes, although it's part of it. But there's a lot of conversations that get released eventually where you really hear the frank conversations that they're having, the really good questions that they're they're asking. I listened to a conversation, because I'm into this kind of thing, uh, between 
John F. Kennedy and President Eisenhower having to do with the Cuban Missile Crisis. And it was such a frank, direct conversation, asking for advice, keeping him informed, but you know, not your typical your you know typical political conversation. This is what's happening with Jesus and Pilate. And uh, Jesus says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king, then, said Pilate, who's really not getting it at the time. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. And then he says this. He says, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Jesus establishes something, and it's something that is beyond just the gospel. I think that when Jesus says, everyone on the side of truth listens to me, it fits into his character of being the way, the truth, and the life. Pilate responds then with his famous, well, what is truth? Uh, Except that he goes out and he understands the truth. He says, I find no basis for charge against him. And then he gets into politics himself, and that's when they release Barabbas, and this happens. As Christians, if we're listening to Jesus, it means that we're on the side of the truth. And the truth is often something that we can easily see, but so often today, we think that our own political opinion is the truth, when it could be, but often there's a lot more nuance and there's a lot more to it. Can I say this to you? to be successful stewards of our time here that we're given on earth. We need to be truthful in all of our ways as best we can. And maybe this is controversial for some of you, but Republicans are not always right. And Democrats are not always right. Scientists are not always right. People who are politicians are not always right, even the ones we agree with. We believers have to be on the side of truth. You know what has done the most damage to the church in our culture today? In politics, yes, but even just our interactions on social media, our interactions with our denominations that are quarreling about different things, things in our marriages, things with our kids. The thing that does the damage to our testimony or even the damage to a way we think about something is when we're not on the side of truth when we're on the side of winning. See, being a citizen of heaven requires us to invest in others as Jesus did for us. It also makes us great U.S. citizens, by the way, when we love one another. If you kind of want to get into what a lot of our problems are today is somehow, and the church has given over to this in some respect, although many, many churches are doing some great work. And in fact, churches are doing great work all along. So as I say this, you know, if the church wasn't doing its job, imagine what the homeless crisis would be. It's bad enough as it is. Imagine if the church wasn't involved at all. Imagine how much violence there would be if there were no churches and ministries ministering to people. Imagine how much worse it would be. And then imagine how much better it would be when the church gets more involved this way. See, recovery in our nation is going to happen when the people take care of one another. And I believe it begins with the church. Whatever the role of government should be with that, it will do better when it is representative of a people that cares for one another. See, I think one of the problems in our country today is that the church has allowed the government to take over the role of the church, or even the church has allowed itself to sort of as a a nonprofit corporation, as, you know, it's a weird thing, right, that we call our sanctuaries God's house. 
because that's not biblical at all. First Corinthians tells us that we, the people, are the building. The building is just a place you can gather. It's something that we conveniently have that we can go gather together. But the church is you and me. And we, if we're going to be about Jesus, we have to be about the church. We have to be about the truth. It matters greatly. That means that we stand up for conviction about the truth, but we have to be able to discern whether or not we're standing up for what is true or just standing up for our side. Earlier, I asked the question about, and linking it to what Joe Manchin is doing, where he's standing up to his side. He's the one senator who is, who is taking down the agenda of his party, and that's why they're not real friendly to him right now. I mean, imagine he's that one guy. Um, that's a tough place to be. Good for him for standing for his convictions. I happen to agree with him, so I'm standing on that page. You might not. You might think he ought to change his conviction. There are certain things in Build Back Better that maybe you think are a really good idea. I'm sure that they are, but the debt and other things are also a big deal. But regardless of any of that, how do we take a look at this and say, how do we treat one another well? I think he's going to leave that party. And I think it's not because he disagrees with the policies as much as he he's not going to like how he's treated. We have to treat each other better. I went online and I looked at Christians responding to two different things online, three different things. Part of it's the Joe Manchin thing, but part of it is Donald Trump, President Trump speaking at Dallas First Baptist and a lot of controversy with that, but also his comments about the vaccine and getting boosted. And it's amazing how many people have turned that issue into something like it is biblical, whatever their opinion is. On both sides, I've seen that. And we're fighting each other. And the truth is, is it's neither. There are certain things that we don't know what's true. There's a whole lot of, of misinformation on all sides, and it's creating a lot of tension in our culture and a lot of these shutdowns. The president's going to speak tomorrow, President Biden, and I don't know what he's going to say. I hope he's going to come out and be optimistic. I hope he's going to come out and say, you know what, we as a nation, we can get through this and we need to care for one another and we need to do our best to be truthful. We need to do our best to take care of the people who are the most vulnerable from this disease and all those kinds of things. But I hope he doesn't just come out and just say stuff against people who disagrees with him. It's a mistake to do that. Scripturally speaking, we have to be about what Jesus is about. Do you know why Jesus came? He says so right in the Christmas story. He actually says so right in Matthew chapter 1. This is what he says, in, or this is what Matthew says. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. And it tells a story. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after you consider this, and it goes on to tell the story. I'm running out of time, so I'm going to skip here. Here's what it says. She will give birth to a son. This is Matthew 1.21. And you are to name him Jesus. And then there's a fantastic word right after that. Because. And it's because he will save his people from their sins. My friends, that is what we're about. We are about salvation. We are about this Jesus Christ who is Lord and Savior, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. I'm out of time for today. I'm Scott Furrow. Thank you for listening to Southern California Live. I'll be back with you tomorrow. We have a lot of things to talk about and love to hear from you again tomorrow. It's a pleasure to be with you today as it always is. God bless you. I hope that you have a fantastic evening. I'll see you again tomorrow. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.